and Kiyosaki talking about passive streams of income and then me listening to the Hamilton cast during that song, My Shot. And they're like chanting, you know, take your shot, take your shot, take your shot. <laughs> yep. And I was like, all right, I got to take my shot. Like, That's what awesome. am I doing trying yeah. to get a job in marketing and digital marketing? I had done it for 18 years. I was burned out. I worked long, hard hours doing it in New York City. And I was just like, you know what? I, I'm not passionate about that. I like real estate, but doing this as a hobby for 10 years, I've done okay with it. Can I make that my full time job? Like, and so I took my shot and um, I haven't really looked back since. Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Welcome back, Threefold listeners. I hope you're having a great week this week. We've got another great guest today. Matt Pacheni is joining us from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, a little bit about him and then we'll bring him in. He is a real estate investor. He's also a Tony Award winner. I think it's the first time I've had one of those on uh, the show, so that's exciting. Uh, he's the author of a great book, number one best-selling book, Backstage Guide to Real Estate. Uh, you can see where maybe that title came from. He is focused on developing passive income streams that enable investors like himself to write their own story and choose how they want to spend their time. Matt has over 15 years of experience revitalizing and elevating communities through real estate investment and has invested in over 10,000 apartments nationwide. He's a licensed real estate agent and has earned both commercial real estate and real estate finance certificates from Boston University. He's a member of the Forbes Real Estate Council, the Fast Company Executive Board, and is an advisor to a prop tech company, and he was also a speaker at the Left Field Investors Conference in Columbus that I got to go to. So that's where I got to meet Matt in person for the first time. Um, so Matt, so much there. But first of all, just thanks for joining us. Thanks for cutting out time and coming on the podcast today. Well, Lee, thank you for such a nice, warm introduction and, and for having me as a guest on, on your podcast. A lot of stuff I want to get into, Matt, but do you mind taking us back? Just how did you get into real estate? So you won um, a, a Tony. How, how does that transfer over to real estate? Tell us a little bit about your backstory. <laughs> Well, the the Tony actually happened later. So, oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll loop that back in in a okay. second. Okay. Cool. I'll give you the, the 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 lay of the land is that basically, I grew up in Orlando, Florida. Moved to New York okay. City to pursue a career in theater. Was a professional actor for five years. I was in fifteen different productions all across the United States. I started tinkering around with computers. It's a hobby. And this was in the mid nineties when the big dot-com heydays, I got really involved in website development and had my own company doing website development in New York city. Um, 2001 rolled along and my business was imploding Yeah, because 2001 was the big dot-com bubble, you know, had burst. Yep. And all of my clients were going out of business. Yeah. Um, wow. The ones that were staying in business were not spending money on digital marketing. Right. Yep. And at that exact time, I got a phone call from my landlord telling me I had 90 days to get out of the apartment that I was living in. Wow. So here I was with a failed business, no job, and about to get kicked out of where I was living. <laughs> so I, I had to figure something out. I wanted yep. to stay in New York. Um, but this, you know, it really seemed like mission impossible back then, but I really, sure. 
dug in deep and found um, that I, I actually got a job at Showtime, the cable television channel. They were a client yeah. of mine. So that I got a job in house there. And instead of renting an apartment, I was looking to rent an apartment. I found an apartment on the upper, 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 upper west side, an area called Washington Heights. So upper, upper Manhattan. Okay. And that was an area that I could afford. I found an apartment that was for sale. Hmm. I actually bought a little one bedroom apartment, lived in there for a little over two years and sold it and saw my initial investment, my down payment, more than quadruple in wow. value. That was, yeah, that was the light bulb moment for me. Yeah. At that point, I had been working at, at Showtime for a while. I had a very good salary, but that one real estate transaction, I got more than like a full year's worth of salary. So sure. I, I just was like, oh my gosh, how do I, how do I make that happen again? Yep. And that's, right. that's when I really started okay. to get involved in real estate. And I did real estate as a hobby for, for about 10 years. Okay. Uh, something I did on the side. Uh, and that's just buying more small, small rentals and managing them yourself. And then what'd that look like? I end up buying a little piece of property, um, uh, about a one, almost an acre worth of trees uh, in in Connecticut, in Northwest Connecticut, uh, in a community that uh, it's a it's a lake community. I didn't I was not getting lakeside property. Yeah, but I had access to the lake, so it's a private community. Okay. And um, so I just had a bunch of trees for a number of years, and then finally uh, we cut those trees down and built a house. Um, and that house was a rental house, actually. Wow. And so I learned a lot about renting, about everything. I mean, being involved in the construction, I learned like literally from the ground up what a house is made of. Yep. Um, you know, like the whole kit and caboodle. Yep. And then dealing with, with uh, you know, tenants and leases. Uh, and then the accounting stuff, which I didn't know sure. about, like this thing called depreciation, which I didn't know and didn't even really understand, even though the CPA tried to explain it to me a bunch of times. Yeah. It took me like a million times really working with it to really. Yeah. yeah well, was, it's one of those things. And like so many things you just mentioned that you really, sometimes it's like the only way to learn is by doing. And then for sure, a lot of times it's just the best way to learn is by doing. So you're learning so many of these things. It, maybe you can read about them in a book, but it's really difficult to, to really learn it until you start doing it. So yeah. you're doing it over this, you know, decade, it sounds like of, of buying and kind of, like you said, side hustle, a hobby on the side, you're doing that. What did your, what happened or what led you to maybe start to think you might do this full time, Matt? And, and what did that look like? That, that, that little book you got right behind your shoulder. Okay. The Rich Dad Poor Dad? Purple book. Yeah. So yeah. I moved to, Miami, Florida, because my wife got a really cool job opportunity completely out of the blue. What year was uh, this, Matt? 2015. Okay. Yeah, and yep. I, so I was listening to the book and um, I was also listening to the Hamilton cast album. Okay. So as you know, I had that background in theater, right? I yep. moved to the city to do theater and um, you know, Erica and I um, were fortunate enough to have invested in Hamilton and we invested oh, wow. in some other things too. Yeah. yeah. So when we moved down to Miami, Hamilton had recently come, it came out in 2015. You know, I would listen, I was listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, listening to, you know, whoever was doing it. It's not Kiyosaki talking, it's someone else, but okay. Kiyosaki's words, right? Saying, yep. hey, you need to build, you know, passive streams of income. So, um, you know, multiple streams of passive income. So I'm thinking about that. 
And I'm thinking about, yeah, I had vested in, in Hamilton, but I also had the house in in um, Connecticut, the, the vacation home that I talked about, the uh, the townhome in Brooklyn, and Kiyosaki talking about passive streams of income, and then me listening to the Hamilton cast during that song, My Shot. And they're like chanting, you know, take your shot, take your shot, take your shot. <laughs> yep. And I was like, all right, I got to take my shot. Like, That's what awesome. am I doing trying yeah. to get a job in marketing and digital marketing? I had done it for 18 years. I was burned out. I worked long, hard hours doing it in New York City. And I was just like, you know what? I, I'm not passionate about that. I like real estate, but doing it as a hobby for 10 years, I'd done okay with it. Can I make that my full-time job? Like, And so I took my shot. And um haven't really looked back since. Thank yeah, you. no, I know. Uh, yeah, knowing your story, I know. Now, I'm, I'm just imagining you coming to Erica and being like, hey, I think it's time to take my shot. And, and her being like, okay, we've been listening to the soundtrack too much. We need to turn it down. Like, you're taking it too far. What, was, what was her response like? I mean, obviously she had seen, you know, you had a little bit of a track record and you guys have been doing it for a little bit. So it's not like, hey, just read Robert Kiyosaki, you know, read <laughs> that, you know, got this new idea, but just what was maybe some of the conversation like there? I mean, she, she's got a, you know, she's got a job and a, and a good job. So maybe that kind of gave you guys some, some freedom to do it. But yeah, just what was your guys? That definitely, that definitely gave us some freedom. So mm-hmm. when Erica first met me, I was just finishing up building the house in Connecticut. Okay. So I think she's always seen me as sort of um, an entrepreneurial type person, right? Yeah. And in the real estate, you've been in the real estate the whole time. Yeah. Doing like entrepreneurial real estate stuff while working like a full-time big job at, you know, Mm -hmm. advertising agencies, like managing departments and stuff. But she's always known that side of me. Um, Part of the conversation with the move to Miami was uh, an insistence by us that her salary be enough to sort of cover uh, our subsistence costs when we okay. got down there because we yeah. didn't know how long it might take me to get a job. The salary she got wasn't quite enough to cover what we needed. We moved to do a rental, uh, you know, it was a single family home, but it was a rental. So our expenses were pretty low because of the Hamilton investment and because of the cash flow we were getting off of the Brooklyn property. We were like, okay, we'll be fine. Like we've got yeah. these other things that are coming in. If we add that to her salary, like we're good. Yep. So that was the whole thing for me because that's what we were already kind of doing. And I was like, nice. well, darn, if I sit there like Piyasaki saying, and I get more of these, because I already, I was already seeing it was kind of covering some of yes. You were seeing how it supplemented. that to cover everything. And that's what I explained to Erica. And she was like, yeah, let's do that. Like she's been very... I have a wonderful wife. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. She's an amazing person. So important. Very yeah. supportive, you know? Well, cool, man. So yeah, that, 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 thanks for giving us that story. And I mean, that, that help, that's helpful. I think a couple of things. One, it, do, it does help often, you know, for a couple, whether it's a guy or the girl that has the salary and then the other one gets the side hustle going, that's very helpful to have that. So again, you know, why it's good to have a, a good partnership in your marriage. Um, and then you guys controlled your expenses, you know, just seeing multiple times of you guys, you know, living in a duplex and house hacking, renting out one side, renting instead of buying. I mean, so many people want to, they want to get down to Miami and buy their dream home right away. And maybe you can make it work, but then you don't give yourself that freedom to allow one salary to cover your expenses or, or close to it so that one of you can go out. And so a lot of times you really do have to sacrifice early to win late. You have to, you know, and, and Kiyosaki and some of the guys talk about stuff like that too, just 
you know, if you can delay your gratification, a lot of times you can build up a lot bigger and better things for the future. So I see you guys doing that and laying the groundwork. And a few of the things you've done along the way have gotten you to this point where, okay, now you're in a position where you can literally not go get a job, which there's, I mean, how many, you know, there's not very many families and, and married couples that can do that, but it's a lot of the things you guys did for, you know, what you said, working 18 years. I mean, it wasn't a small amount of time. Have you guys And I had built up a nest egg too. Like I had a considerable amount of money, not considerable. I had like a little bit of money in the bank to give you like a runway. Yeah. And I actually started using that to invest in the, in the real estate deals. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so important because, you know, for somebody who says, well, I want to go do what Matt's doing. Okay. But remember Matt did a lot of things for years to set himself up. And that's typically the case. It's not something you, you know, real estate's not a get rich quick scheme. Like everybody says that, you know, um, you can get very, very wealthy, but it's I mean, I was, I was 42 okay. when I started. Perfect. Yeah. So I had had like, you know, it's not like I was 20 years old with, you know, right. I had been saving for 20 years. You'd had half of a career. Uh, what did it look like then? I mean, th- this is completely different to say, Hey, this isn't a side hustle. This is this I'm all in on this. I'm, you know, taking my shot here. Uh, what did that look like? How, how did you, how did you jump in and maybe just kind of take us through that at, you know, as quick as you want to kind of where you're at today with your portfolio? I kind of went down some paths. Sure. So I, uh, originally I was going to do tax liens and tax okay. and acquire properties through that. And then I was going to use those and flip them to generate cash and then use the cash from those to buy long-term single family properties. Yep. That was, that was my initial plan. That's kind of um, more of what you knew was the single family stuff, the small stuff. That's what you knew at this point. Yeah. What I yeah. didn't know is that you can only really buy 10 of those. Okay. Yep. Because once you get 10, you know, you're, the financing changes completely, right? You can only get 10 conventional loans. So what happens is you, you kind of hit a ceiling there. And so, right. you know, look, I, 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 once I found that out, I did the math. I was like, okay, if I get $200 a month cash flow, you know, Per, per single family rental. Per door. Yeah. You know, yeah. Then assume I buy 10 single family. So I'm at, you know. 2000 a month. 2000 a month. Yeah. So that's like what? $24,000 a year, which I'm not complaining. I love that $24,000 a year, <laughs> but like, is that going to be. Hoping for a little more. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, yeah. oh, well, you know, you actually, if you're married and you're only doing the properties in your name, your spouse can also do them in their name. Now, Eric and I have bought the place in Brooklyn with both of our names. So we each only had nine slots, but I was like, well, I can do that. But even if I got 20, that's still $48,000 a year, which again, hey, I'm happy to have $48,000 a year, but I don't know if that's enough for like me and my wife and our two kids to like live a, 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 you know, a nice life. Could we get by? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can get by on that, but I wanted maybe something a little different, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yep. So I uh, started uh, trying to figure out how, how can I scale up? So right. I was doing some fix and flips and and I never got any tax lien stuff. I, I got some, some stuff from like HUD, but I, whatever. Anyway, I, I bought some properties and did that. And I was really trying to, I was full time, right? I, I, I decided to do this like in like November, December. And I said, all right, January 1st, I'm a real estate investor, right? And so January 1st of 2016, I started this and 
I spent all my time. I didn't have any, like a lot of deals going on, especially at first. Yep. So a lot of time to do research and read books and scour the internet for podcasts. Back then, there was no podcasts that were talking about multifamily real estate. Right. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of hard to believe because nowadays you go on iTunes and it's like, there's a gazillion of them, but back then there weren't any. Right. Everything was talking about like single family, mm. fix and flips, things like that. Then I think I caught one up episode of, I think it was like a bigger pockets episode, which had like one guy on it. And he mentioned something about something called syndication. And I was like, wait, what's that? And it turned out that guy had a podcast. So I was like listening to his podcast for like months waiting for him to talk about syndication again, because I didn't know what it was. And then he did, and he had like someone on who did syndic- whatever. And then I found out about this thing and it was like a weekend seminar, like all about syndication. Yeah. And I went to that and I was like, this is where I need to be. And so I heard about syndication. I'm like, oh, I can join together with like a bunch of investors and we can all pool our money together and buy these, you know, buy an apartment complex. Like That sounds awesome. And yeah. so that's that's when I really got involved in that. Nice, nice. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, a couple of great things there, like seeing the power of real estate and investing in, in specifically kind of multifamily because a single family, you you can rent it and it makes money. But see, when you saw that duplex and, and two units, I thought kind of where you were going to go with that. And my mind kind of goes there is like, okay, if, if one resident can pay the mortgage and then we get someone else in the other one, like what if we had a couple more units, you know, where one or two units is enough to cover the mortgage. And we get, I mean, you just start seeing, cause you're talking about single families and we can only do 10 loans and it doesn't scale. And that's really what it's about is how can we actually scale this? If you want to do it full time, if you want to do it to where it allows you to stop working there, you need some scale, but you need a lot of money to take down a multifamily property. So that's where syndication comes in and syndication you know, is just really another way of saying group investing, where you go and get a group of people to buy an apartment building. So Kind of follow you through that, Matt. Um, how do you get other people to want to do that with you? So you've got this great idea and you've kind of had the the experience to put the pieces together and, and the education as well to say, yeah, this totally makes sense. I'm going to go here. Um, how do you get other people to do that? How'd you get started into it? When I started January 1st of 2016, I sent out an email. So I had... Um, I don't know what you're like, Lee, but like when I meet someone and I become friends with them, especially as like a work colleague or whatever, I'll put them in my contact list. Okay. But then like, after I leave that job, it's not like I go through my contact list and delete everybody. They just, they just stay there. They just stay in, they just stay in the contact list. Yeah. So uh, I had been, you know, working in New York city for 23 years, uh, you know, both my, you know, as a, actor and then, you know, uh, in advertising and worked at a number of different places and met a lot of people over the years. And I had like a pretty sizable contact list. Sure. Yeah. And what I did might, I don't know if it, if it meets up with the compliance of spam laws <laughs> and whatnot, but what I did was I sent out an email that I think it was in January or February of that year, but I sent out an email to everybody on my contact list. I, I put uh, uploaded them all into uh, I think it was Mailchimp or you know something sure. like that and yep. and, I, and I sent an email and I said hey in case you don't know I moved to Miami uh, Florida and I'm decided to do real estate full time so I've made this 
list, I'm going to send out a newsletter about my real estate adventures. If you don't want to receive this email, please like big, bold, unsubscribe here link, right? I'm like, I don't want to spam you. I don't want to clog your inbox. But if you think this is kind of interesting, and you want to follow along with my journey a little bit, you know, I'll, I'll send these out like once a quarter, you know, and you know. Awesome. Yeah. I love that approach. So, so I did yeah. that. Yeah. Now, a lot of the people who knew me in New York or had worked with me over the past 10 years, the last 10 years I was in New York, all knew that I had been doing some real estate stuff because I had been doing it on the side. I would talk about it, you know, like people yeah. knew I had a place in yep. Connecticut. People knew when I bought the townhouse, like people knew all kinds of stuff. So it wasn't like strange for a lot of people. It wasn't like this weird thing. I was like, oh yeah, Matt kind of did that as a hobby. And like, now he's doing it full time. That's kind of cool. And sure. anytime I would invest in a new prop or if I would do a fix and flip, I would post like before and after pictures and put it out to my newsletter or post it on Facebook. And anytime I invested in a deal um, as a passive investor, as a limited partner, I would post that on my social media and also put it in the newsletter. And I was always very clear. I was like, hey, I'm a limited partner. I have invested in this deal. I wasn't like, oh, I'm running this deal, you know? And in a lot of the posts on Facebook, I used to tag the sponsors. That's the people who run the deal and be like, yeah. you know, thank you, Lee Yoder, for sponsoring this deal. I'm so glad yeah. to be, you know, an investor in it. So I never like made any pretenses about what my level of involvement was. But it took me about two years from when I started doing full-time. And, you know, I said that in January of 2016, I was going to do full-time investing. I really started learning about syndication and started wanting to do syndication that summer. And I closed on my first deal at the end of the summer of 2018. So it took wow. two years. Yeah. So during that two-year, two-and-a-half-year period, people were receiving emails from me on a quarterly basis and seeing social media posts from me with me, like, buying a 300-unit property, right? Again, I was like, hey, I'm an investor, but I think... Yep. People don't necessarily realize the detail or the nuance. They just were like, Matt Pacheni, 300 unit. Matt Pacheni, 200 unit. You know? And they were like, well, Matt's doing these big deals now. So when I had my first deal that I was sponsoring, and I was very upfront with people, hey, this is my first deal that I'm sponsoring. But I had somebody who was on my team who had done 10 deals. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey, I'm doing this. I've got a co-pilot here who's you know, done a bunch of deals, done, been very successful and we're doing this thing. I think a lot of people had the confidence and, and also just kind of knew me as a person, you know, sure. and yep. knew me as a business person and had a level of trust with me and took a leap of faith with me. And we did really, really good on that deal. Yep. And then I, I had another deal and another deal. And, you know, I've had a, quite a few deals now that have done, gone full cycle where we've, you know, had it, we've cash flowed and then we've sold it and made a lot of money for investors. And so they've then told their friends and family and it's kind of expanded from there, but that's, it started with that core, like friends and family group and kind of expanded from there. Yeah. That's awesome. Just as far as building that list, Matt, and, and, and gaining um, trust, but then also uh, just preparing people. I, I think that's really important because Everybody's got, I, I think most people have a contact list like you, Matt. It may not be as extensive and, and, and that's okay. But most people, yeah, you, you end up putting contacts in, in your phone over the years and you, and you don't get rid of them. So you've got those people there, but to like, if you take that list and you've got a deal and you go to that list and say, I've got a deal, that's not going to work. What you did, Matt, was very different for one. Like you're talking to them. Like you said, they already knew that you were in real estate because you're talking about it. 
So I think everybody's got to start doing that. You got to start talking to people about what you're doing in real estate. It's getting them warmed up a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I knew Matt was in real estate, but then, I mean, another big step is starting the newsletter and warming them up and, and bringing them along your, your journey. So that after a year, I mean, for you, you know, two years of following you along with you in this journey, seeing what you're doing, gaining trust uh, about what you're doing. So then when you finally came to them and said, guys, I, I have a deal. I mean, they've probably been waiting on it, right? It, it's a totally different thing that they, they're, they've been totally warmed up. It's like, okay, yeah, but you know, about time, yeah, I want to get in on it with you. So yeah, I mean, look, I was, I was really surprised, Lee. So I'm like, I think I can raise, you know, X amount. Uh, I'm like, but I don't, I really don't know. Like, yeah, uh, but I hope I can. And I raised twice as much as I thought I was wow. going. Yeah. Because I think I had warm. I mean, I honestly, I didn't real. I knew I was like warming people up, but not to the extent that, that, that it really was. And yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, it was, it was super successful, but again, it was, it was two years of, social media posts and updates on what I was doing prior to ever asking for anything. I know, I know Matt, you're um, one of your superpowers and, and I, I've heard you say this before, but I, I mean, I can just tell is persistence. And I mean, that's what I see in your story. And I, I've kind of been trying to highlight that and that, you know, sticking with it for a long time and, and doing it little by little, but then jumping in and waiting two years. And it's, it's so important, especially if you want to get into multifamily, but there's so many things like this in life. And a, a book I really like is the compound effect. And I think that is like, it's just talking about persistence. It's talking about the compounding effect of persistence. If you stick with something, it feels like, you know, over your first two years, Matt, from January 1st of 2016 to January 1st of 2018, you're what the number of units you sponsored went from zero to zero, correct? Yeah. Right. So I mean, you didn't get to buy anything as a sponsor, but then, I mean, what's it done from January 1st of 2018, to January 1st of 2020, like then, then you start taking off, right? Because but it's because of what you did for those two years, you're building it. And I'd say, you know, most people don't have the ability to, to stay persistent and stay consistent. Yeah. I mean, it took me two years to get my first deal, one year to get my second, about six months to get my third. And now I do one every, you know, three to five months or so. Yeah. It, it, I don't really, yeah. it just happened. That timing just happens that way. I didn't like, yeah. I don't plan it. Like I could go another two years, I guess, if I never, if I don't find another <laughs> deal. I mean, yeah. seriously, I, I'm only going to do things that I, that I like and care about um, and where the numbers work. Yeah. Uh, it might be a little slow in 2023 with everything that's going on in yeah. the economy. We'll yep. see. Matt, to learn more uh, about your story and, and how you did all that, um, you've got a great book. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I wrote a book called Backstage Guide to Real Estate, which takes uh, people along my journey from being an actor, knowing absolutely nothing about real estate, mm -hmm. all the way to where I am now, an owner of over 10,000 apartment units throughout the country. Yep. So the beginning of the book starts off like really simple, like what's an asset and what's a liability. But by the end of the book, I'm doing an air rights deal. I'm doing a 1031 exchange. So it, it, yep. it gets quite complex towards the end. And so along that journey, I share these 18 different keystone concepts that I learned along the way. And it's a really, I hope, and I've heard that it's a very fun and entertaining book to read. Is, I yeah. try to put a lot of humor in there because real estate is a really boring, dry subject. And I didn't want to create- A lot of numbers. Another, yeah. I didn't want to yeah. create another textbook, you know? Yeah. I wanted to make a fun book that's fun for people to read. And so, uh, I mean, it's educational. There's 60 sure. different real estate terms that are defined in the book. But it's done in a, in, a, in, a, in a fun way with lots of really cool stories. 
this has been great. I, I want to be respectful of your time and kind of wrap it up here. Um, Matt, what would you say, and, and maybe we just talked about it, but what I always like to ask, what's the key ingredient uh, to be successful in real estate investing? What do you think that is? Relationships. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is a relationship business. I mean, I think the whole, your whole life's about relationships, but I would not be where I am without the relationships that I made along the way. Uh, I never, nothing that I've gotten in real estate has been something that I've done on my own. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's never been something that, uh, you know, there's always been someone who's kind of like helped me, helped me in one way, one fashion or another. Yeah, I totally agree. And especially early on. I mean, I just think your story, Matt, you get down to Miami and like, you really only knew a little bit about real estate. I mean, you just didn't know what you didn't know. So you're thinking, uh, I guess I'm going to buy foreclosures and do single family homes. But I, you know, you didn't talk that much about the specific relationships, but I can tell through your story, you started meeting people, you started talking to people. And, and even if it was through podcasts and people going syndication, and then you're going, wait, what's that? Listen to more people, talk to more people. And all of a sudden you start going the path that, that really, I think you were built for. But it's, you, you're not going to figure that out on your own. Now, Matt, uh, I always like to ask this too. What do you think then is a key ingredient to um, having success in your, your family or things outside of real estate, uh, you know, whether it's faith or something like that, but how have you maintained that, Matt? So you're, you know, obviously, you know, work really hard. You're an entrepreneur. When you get into real estate, you can, you can kind of go all in on it, you know, and, and, and save your busy. What, what are you doing? Maybe you and Erica doing that uh, helps you maintain your priorities and, and have success outside of real estate as well. Yeah. You know, my wife and I have a, have a date night. Yeah. Love it. Once a week. Yep. Got that. It's on my calendar. Yep. And it gives us a chance to sit down and basically talk about what we're going to do that weekend with the kids. Actually, yeah. as well. But, but it's just you and you and her it's, it's time. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't put it on the schedule, it might not happen. I mean, like yeah. we won't do something. It won't. Else. It yeah. won't. Get on the schedule. There's so much. We have two young kids, and and yep. we both, have, you know, busy uh, business careers, and so yeah. there, yeah, there is a lot. You got to set that time aside. You do, yeah. So important. Good stuff. Well, Matt, thanks so much, man. I really, really enjoy your story. Very, very down to earth. Um, persistence all, all the way through. So get Matt's book. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes, Matt. Um, and then Pacheni.com. That's where we should send people, right? I know you're pretty active on LinkedIn as well, but Pacheni.com too. Yes, please. Pacheni.com okay. is the place to go for yep. the book, for the newsletter. The I got free downloads of all kinds of stuff. Like go check awesome. out com. There's a bunch of free stuff for uh, educational materials. So check Perfect. it out. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Matt. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we'll send people, you know, to, to Pacheni.com and people should check out your book. But uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, Lee, thanks for having me on. I really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.